Well, as those ongoing bushfires in Australia continue to burn much of the country, the Prime Minister there, Scott Morrison, announcing that the government has committed an extra $2 billion, $2 billion towards the recovery effort, in addition to the already promised tens of millions. Internationally, of course, many countries have stepped in to help, including uh, here in Canada. We've sent upwards of 95 firefighters to help as of today. And here just briefly is an explainer from Global News that just describes how large these wildfires, these bushfires are in Australia and what the situation is like. Australia is on fire, and it's bigger than you think. 12.35 million acres of land have been burnt by bushfires so far. That's almost twice the size of Belgium, and three times more land than the 2018 California fires and Brazil's 2019 Amazon fire, combined. Flames have reportedly reached 70 meters high. That's taller than the Sydney Opera House. At least 19 people have been killed and more than 1,400 homes have been destroyed. Residents and tourists have been forced to relocate. Just get out while we can. Nearly 500 million animals have died in New South Wales alone. The fires aren't just in one location. They're raging everywhere across the country. So what ignited this deadly crisis? Well, bushfire season is nothing new in Australia, but this summer has been one of the hottest and driest in the country's history. Since September, the combination of drought, unprecedented heat waves, and strong gusty winds has created a recipe for disastrous fire conditions. On top of that, the smoke from bushfires generates its own weather, sparking thunderstorms with lightning and strong winds, which create even more wildfires. Scientists have been predicting such extreme weather for years, warning that bushfires will become even more frequent as climate change worsens. Although the weather has cooled slightly in parts of Australia, authorities say with months of summer left, the worst is yet to come. All right, it's an extraordinary situation, and joining us now is Paul Campbell, former Toronto fire chief and a fire expert, who joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Paul, good afternoon, and best of the new year. Same to you. Happy New Year, Jeff. Well, I just want to correct one thing before we go any further. Sure. Fire, fire captain, not fire chief. Thank you. Fire captain. Appreciate the uh, correction. Yeah. An extraordinary situation, as I mentioned off the top of Paul. Just uh, what is the most troubling thing when it comes uh, to the uh, to firefighters there in Australia right now? Is it these gusty, these high winds? Um, it's a combination of everything. You know, it's the openness of the land. I would imagine over there it's the temperature, uh, you know, for rehab. The heat is unbearable. And, and, and the winds, these, these winds that come up, uh, you know, they can send embers miles away and, and just start another fire. And as they were saying in the promo before we got on, some of these conditions get so bad that they, they actually start their own weather. Uh, you can see like mini hurricanes, and, and they they can form lightning and thunderstorms, and then you've got another fire somewhere else. Is that just because of the incredible heat that these bushfires are emitting? Exactly, exactly. Uh, I had something like that years ago. First time I ever saw it was at a lumberyard fire, and it was strictly because of the heat. Incredible. Uh, yeah. Uh, what sort of techniques are being uh, used, uh, Paul, when it comes to fighting these uh, bushfires? Are we getting pretty high tech when it comes to fighting these sort of things? Well, as I said, I, I worked most of my career in Scarborough, so the biggest forest fire I ever saw was chasing grass, basically. So I would imagine over the years, uh, they've been dealing with these fires for a long time. Uh, the technology has increased from the from the air. Uh, 
you know, and just the amount of manpower that's required nowadays and vehicles and what they're going to save and what they're going to let burn. It, it, I don't know much about it, but I, I know that it's a whole uh, science, fire science in itself, much not like uh, city fire departments. You know, we got a grass fire, something easy. We put it out with a broom and a little water. These are staying ahead of the game, trying to turn the dirt over, trying to wet things down. But when you've got a fire of this magnitude that's, you know, that high in the air, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of running and drowning, hopefully, you know. Get what you can wet and then get out of the way because yeah. the heat's enormous. I mean, How tough is this, uh, not only physically but mentally? Do you think for firefighters? Because I'm thinking when you're battling yeah. a blaze of this magnitude, that's something that's this big. I yeah. think there's got to be days, maybe even weeks, that go by that you're in there, you're giving it everything you've got, and you got to feel uh, some days as if you're losing the battle that that you're not, uh, you, you know, winning. You're not doing much, uh, and, and it's very frustrating for these guys. Uh, you know, why isn't this going out? Uh, I think the difference is they know why it's not going out. You know, they they've been there before. As I said, not in this magnitude. This is a uh, this is just unbelievable. But uh, they do what they can, and and they're used to days of uh, very small progress. Uh, you know, they know it's going to take a while for it to to eat up everything that can burn, and and you know, hopefully protect structures that. They can get enough water on and, and help to save somebody's house. But there comes a point where they abandon that also because they just realize they're in the path, you know. So it's a, it's one of the worst. I couldn't imagine firefighting in the forest or over there, brush. I mean, you know, it's just it's a tough job. Yeah, has that been kind of your reaction watching the news coverage over the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, just the enormity of this and trying to take it in as uh, somebody who's uh, fought fires as a career? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the first part of your question. Oh, I was just wondering uh, what your reaction has been watching oh. some of the visuals coming on the news over I, the last uh, few weeks. Well, you know, I've been primed a bit with California uh, recently, uh, so the magnitude is was there we were watching that uh, pretty well every day but this is huge also i mean this is moving at such a huge rate and and it's it's brush which is nasty stuff because it's all over areas of uh, the country and you know once that gets going then it just lights everything in its path you know, yeah not only is it everywhere but it's also very dry yeah it's 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 a heat there and a dryness that i don't think we uh we can comprehend over here. Yeah, do you have any sort of estimate or best guess as to when this uh, might abate or they might have it under yeah. some sort of control, Paul? Well, they're talking the month of January anyways is going to be not great. What what they're hoping for will put an end to this is cool weather, cooler weather, which they've got a bit of today, and an enormous amount of rain, which generally this time of year they don't get. So... It's hard to say, but, you know, the month of January looks like it's going to be uh, burning, and after that, it's anybody's guess. It's going to be a tough one for sure. As you mentioned, rain is probably their best friend, and there's not a lot of it uh, in the forecast. Uh, Just finally, uh, Paul, can you maybe mention off the top that there's roughly 95 Canadians from our fire services that are over there uh, as of today? And just uh, tell us a bit about, uh, you know, when you get that call to arms, uh, as it were, and the response from our fire department. Well, 
you know, these are, as I said, these are firefighters that are uh, forest firefighters, uh, different names, but these are guys that aren't fighting structures their career. They're, they're, they're fighting forest fires. So you've got a lot of guys that went over that I would imagine would be technical, uh, working inside, because uh, there's tons of planning that goes in as the fire moves. And then you've got uh, workers that are out there uh, getting a quick course and do this and do that. Uh, but the main thing is, you know, when we send people over there, they've been accustomed to fire. Maybe not as large as this and continuous day after day, but they've been exposed to it, and that helps a lot. Well, putting themselves potentially in harm's way and, of course, uh, leaving their families to go halfway around the world to help out, uh, very commendable, obviously. Paul, thank you so much uh, for the time. I really appreciate you coming on with us this afternoon.